Andre, give us an intro. We need an intro. You know, one of those formal oh, intros. Oh, daddy. No, 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 not one of those. <laughs> like, you've got to give us, you got to give us like a, you know, welcome. Oh, it's like, hey, everybody, welcome to the Two Age Sojourner. My name is Andre Beck. This is Michael Beck, and we'll be taking you through the Pilgrim Theology today. Boom. Stay tuned. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, something upbeat. Yeah, something, something that gets us started. We do need well. to do more of that. We do. Because yeah. it's getting, it's getting hang loose mother goose over here. You know, we are yeah, just... No. It's, now, what we need to be doing is we need to have like a little one-line script that we say just every, every time. time. Like right. almost just by rote. Like it doesn't matter yeah. how boring it gets. Just I like, agree. I, I am Andre, I'm pastor of Bethesda Baptist Church in Phoenix, though. That's Mikey's pastor of Grace Nest in Church in, commun- in Wellington. Da-da-da-da-da, um, yakety smackety. And it all yeah. serves as a good vocal warm-up, you know. Yeah. Click like go. and share down there. And, yeah, uh, all of that. All of that. We've got to just give in. That. Give in to the mainstream. That's what we got to do. We don't, we don't do this often enough. To be, able, to be able to reinforce those habits. That's I know, the problem. I know, I know. Well, I mean, you know, and here's, here's the crazy thing. What? Podcasters have known that we should have been doing this all along. They know this already. They've tested yeah, these waters. They've all been doing it. They've all been we doing laughed. it. Oh, how we scoffed. Uh, at their, we just thought at it was their pathetic. Repetitive nature and their yeah. pleas for clicks and likes. I mean, crazy. Anyway, so yeah, like I'm meeting people that have like, you know, just uh, they're getting on to, they've, they've followed us for quite some time and then they realize, oh, oh, you're in Wellington. I thought you were in the States. Or, oh, I was, you know. Um, and, That's and just so, your accent throws them. Though. What's that? That's just your accent throws yeah, them. Well, I suppose. But we don't mention like where we're from enough either. So anyway, so all to say. We're from South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> we're not no we're uh we're from south africa i suppose yeah originally but um yeah so anyways and even the fact that we're not in the same like city you know is, is potentially right. mesmerizing <laughs> you know? so, all, the, all the same time zone all the tape uh, yeah exactly so anyway uh yeah so you're in you're in the uk i'm in, in wellington for anyone who cares and we'll get pro we'll get pro just give us give us some time, some time. You know, we're just trying to make a make a freaking podcast thing over here just to give us some time um, all right, so what we, what we, I mean, this is actually us trying to be diligent. You know, we're, we're uh, moving through a body of doctrine and we're trying to be systematic. We care about people. We're trying to keep the, this whole, the last, I don't know, six, seven podcasts have been like trying to actually bring people into the conversation rather than just, um, you know, just mm-hmm. being like this weird sort of click elitist thing that we had been doing up until that point. So this is just a way to kind of, um, you know, just open the conversation up a little bit. We care a lot about Kleinian theology and um, good, solid reform theology, and um, and we're Baptists, so that's a bit of a spin on that. And um, and we want we we like Horton, we like um, you know those kinds of two age sojourner kind of theologians, and um, so we figured, all right, well let's let's pick a text like Horton's where he covers all the basic doctrines. Let's roll through them. One at a time, uh, and and just kind of, you know, just just talk it through and put some basic definitions on the table. And when this is all done, I'll put it all in a playlist. Anyone wants to refer to that, they can just go back, and um, mm-hmm. and hopefully we would have hit these um, definitions at some level. And if there are any parts that you know serve anyone well, what we can do is just clip that out and keep that a little soundbite. Mm-hmm. So all that kind of stuff is, I will get that done in the next fifty years. So stay tuned and. Um, you know, or we might not, and we might let you down. So I don't know. We'll just just watch the space, yeah. but we're having fun doing it, and um, and this is good stuff. So we're talking about um, if you are 
uh, if you happen to have, uh, don't go and buy it or anything. But we'll actually do buy it, you know, not to listen to us or anything, but but listen to um, Horton. He, he wrote a great, great systematic to buy uh, the Christian faith or his slightly more abridged version. Um, the uh, oh, It's not an abridged version. I should stop saying that. It's kind of his rewrite um, that's supposed to be mm-hmm. more accessible. It ends up being very different in many ways. But um, the Pilgrim, uh, what's it called? Pilgrim Theology. That's right. That's yeah. the one. And... Um, and so go get that, read it through, uh, you know, follow us. Uh, we're not going to like overview the book though. So just don't get, to, you know, don't get too excited about that. And you read the book and you're expecting us to like touch on each thing. That's not going to happen either. But there are just some good little points that he hits on the way through that um, uh, is helpful to us as we just talk it through. So in this particular instance, he's entitled, entitled chapter six. We're in chapter six. He's entitled it The Fall. And my goodness, this is no normal Hamartiology, you know, no, no. this was no, no normal. No. Uh, this is like nothing I've ever seen in terms of a chapter entitled "The Fall." It's probably the best thing I've ever read on anything with the, uh, entitled "The Fall." You know, usually this is in the little anthropology section on under Hamartiology, and then you just kind of move on from there. But um, I, I mean, it's masterful. I don't know how he did it exactly. I mean, I, I kept reading it through, it going, brilliant. "Oh my goodness, we got it all in here." He literally put well, it all. Well, it does have it all because you do get all the standard stuff, you know, on the nat- nature of sin and sensation, but you do also get much more. You get much <laughs> you more. Get much well, more. you know what? I appreciated just hearing it all together because, you know, only, only after years, you know, putting of, of studying theology and kind of going through mm. this, did I eventually start seeing how these all connect and click and how they're absolutely essential to understand, you know, the fall. Yeah, and and and, and it's little funny because yeah. like it was such a it was such a light bulb moment to realize all this stuff. Do you think this is just what they get taught like on year one at Westminster? Oh, that's <laughs> I know that totally, totally they do. That's and irritating, isn't it? That's why you got to go to Westminster. We have to plow through to exactly. get to get to this point. Yeah, anyway. us mere mortals have to you know work hard to freaking <laughs> just just make uh, day one. But you know, I do think uh, of that time. Oh my goodness, it's such an embarrassing story. I was. Uh, I remember being in the car with with Jim Renian, and he's. You know, there he is at Westminster Seminary. You know, with these, with these you know, his offices next to David Van Drunen's office, and you know, he's just mm-hmm. kind of. That's where he has been dwelling for the last however many years, and um, and it's like my second year of preaching, you know. Okay. And so, yeah. I think about. I spent about like at least. It must have been like half an hour telling him how awesome my preaching was, you know, just saying, "Well, like, wait, wait, you gotta, you gotta hear my sermons, Jim." You just got to hear them. They are next level. I look back on those sermons now, right? Yeah. I was, I mean, like th- like this stuff was not in there, right? It yeah. was just not even, <laughs> yeah. it was and this is like. I, mean, I had not yet discovered this stuff. And I remember how gracious he was with me. He just laughed at me, you know, did it sort of meanly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that sounds it was, gracious. It was sort of mean, but it was kind <laughs> of like a, just shut up. <laughs> Yeah, and it just yeah. kind of you know, and uh, but yeah, now I just he think didn't about call it, like, you a pathetic worm or like, anything. Why like why did that? he not he kick laughed. me out of the car while I was driving? Well, probably because he didn't <laughs> want to die, but you know what I mean. Like that's kind of the reaction that I should have got. Anyway, so it's just yeah, the good they teach good stuff at Westminster Seminary. I wish um, it wasn't like the only seminary that that did such a good job at that level. Um, well, I think you should start one, Mike. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, but well, you know, this is the thing. We just read the books. You know, read the books. Thankfully, they're all pro- prolific. Uh, all those lecturers are prolific authors, and uh, they put their stuff out, and just anyone who cares can go read them. 
uh, and, and thankfully mm-hmm. they've they've got good solid content coming out of, in a few different ways now. So it's not just what it used to be, where you know you, you just had to get the yeah. info via you know going to the seminary and that sort of thing. And now they've got all these um, online things going on as well. So at least it makes it a little bit more accessible. I mean, it's not the only thing in the world. You can go back a notch as well. I think the way to actually get at this is you can jump back, back and, 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 you know, get into Gerhard as fast and, you know, even back from that, Bavink and all those guys and sort of take the lead up. And But it just takes longer, you know, and, mm. and then, until mm. these things start dawning on you. And then it's just you have it in such an accessible format. So refined, Um at Westminster Seminary in California. So there we go. There's a free plug. They we're not sponsored by them, by the way. <laughs> no, we are not because we're pesky Baptists. We'd, they don't care we'd about we'd us. Like to, we'd like to be. If if anyone from Westminster is open to that, we're open to it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we might even go, might even go Presbyterian. <laughs> yeah, I might mean, even I'm do not it. saying I would, but I'm just saying it's not off the table. It's not off the table. You know? It depends how much money we get. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, cool. So uh, let's let's try and hit some of this. Um, he opens it up with the covenant of creation, right? Which is just a fantastic. You can't really think. You don't mm. even know what happened at the fall. We know we know that there was a transgression, right? Yeah. We know that there was a transgression, a, a sin, a missing of the mark, and you get all these random abstract <laughs> ways of describing yeah. sin. But how can you know what sin is until you know what was transgressed? You know, and mm. what was. Mm. There's this whole thing that was in place that was sinned against. I mean, and of course we can we can get that by reading the Bible story and just seeing how, you know, man obviously was ignoring the word of God and there was just this thing that happened. But it's so much richer when you realize, oh wow, there was this whole thing that, that man turned away. Yeah. I mean, I was just finished reading Bill, um, you know, his thing on the temple, and he just really plays oh, on yeah. the on the idea of the temple motif in the garden, which of course Klein does as well and Horton does as well. But uh, just again, bringing out that whole idea that really what Adam was doing was turning away from his temple building project, you know, mm. and that's part of the covenant of creation. He was to build a temple. Um, and yeah. what is a temple? It's not a, it's not a building. It's a meeting place with God and man that extends throughout all of creation, you know, and um, yeah, that's a great book. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so I'm thinking, I mean, he's got that scholarly one and then he's got the biblical theology of the New Testament and then he's got the the accessible, um, I forgot what it's called now, something like uh, God Dwells Among Us or something, uh, the, the, the abridged version, mm. but all of them are good. So, um, and they, and he's kind of, he just hits this one topic. Temple in the, the Church's Mission? Yeah, that's, that's, the, the, that's, the, that's the more academic one. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. So if anyone's wanting to get into it, though, I'd, I'd recommend first getting that little, uh, little one. Little, little baby one. one. Little baby one, yeah. Um, mm. Okay, right. so there's this covenant in creation. Yeah. Um, and that's the setting for what actually goes wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the part that we often miss, and we don't, and we miss it because we don't see the word covenant mm. in the creation narratives. Mm-hmm. But we know the covenant is there. Mm-hmm. I mean, apart from anything else, we know the covenant's there because Hosea six seven tells us it's there, mm. right? Well, a lot of people so, debate whether that is talking about that. And, you know, it's just not the most winsome passage to anyone who's, uh, no, I think it is. It's a strong hint. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think there's good scholarship has been done on it. And um, and I think it can, you know, I believe it's talking about that. But, you know, one of the things it says, like um, like Adam, they have broken, they have transgressed the covenant, you know, talking to Israel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, identifying there was a covenant as it was with Israel, so it was with uh, Adam. It's an important text for republication as well, but we'll leave that out for now. Um, although he's got republication in you, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, he's got it all in you. But anyway, uh, so 
uh, it could be just like like man, you know, they've broken the the covenant. I'm fine with that because the implication is that everyone has broken a yeah. covenant with God, which means yeah. it must find it some kind of covenant. Yeah. So that's cool. So one way or another, it does definitely lead to that idea. Um, but um, yeah, you've got also all the the fixtures, you know, the 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 sanctions, uh, life, death. Um, you've got a few instances. I think the main thing for me is just that, you know, you've got Paul comparing Adam and Christ. And so as the covenantal mm-hmm. arrangement that we call the eternal covenant or covenant of redemption um, was in play as a, mm-hmm. a sort of covenant of works, um, so it was with the first Adam. You know, otherwise the whole parallel falls apart. So you can read it back in from there as well. Um, and there are a few things to say to kind of argue the case, but I think, I don't know. I mean, the h- idea of needing to find the word covenant there is a little bit lame, you know? Yeah. Uh, you don't, you don't look for the simplistic. word, you look for the concept, yeah. And um, and so, you know, it's almost like trying to find Trinity in the Bible or something. You know, we've covered that ground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess, I, I mean, you just have to read the Gospels to know that that's just not how it works. You know, like the mm-hmm. the the Bible... Uh, doesn't always say things explicitly, like you know, you know. It's the classic case of, oh, where does Jesus say that he's God? Well, you can find, you know, one or two proof texts where Jesus does do that, but the, mm. the vast majority of the time he's screaming it out. Yeah, but he's alluding to it, you yeah. know, through what yeah. he's doing, through what he's saying, through the way that he's using the Old Testament, you know, the way he's fulfilling prophecy. Like you know, all the, his whole life is a testimony to his claim to divinity, but. Um, but it's only becomes explicit in one or two places. Like yeah. so, the I, you know if you if you're going to be a Christian and look for, and only look for the explicit mention of a word, mm-hmm. explicit mention of a concept, mm-hmm. um, you're gonna you know it's just not the way it's just not the way we we read the Bible. We recognize the Bible communicates in subtleties. You know? Yep, totally. Um, so there is this um, reality of. Um, this covenant with creation yeah. mm-hmm. from the time that man is created in the image of God. And that's the whole thing as well. Here's another interesting way to think about the covenant of creation. Okay. I don't hear people talk about this. And it's not, maybe it's not the most direct thing, but man is made in the image of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's imaging God. This is the whole concept mm-hmm. of the, you know, God's working to enter into rest. He's entering into glory and mm-hmm. um, entering to that final place that he calls man to. And he calls man to image him. So man then works to enter into that same rest, right? Uh, and so he is the basis for the covenant of works, uh, the covenant of creation, what he had to do to enter into rest. Um, and then, you know, man is, uh, you know, woman is made from man, mm-hmm. right? In the image of man, mm-hmm. all right? And then there's a covenant that they enter into in marriage. Mm-hmm. So you've got the covenant of man and woman, um, you know, imaging the covenant with God and man. Um, and mm. that covenant is working to bring about the, the, the rest of the dominion mandate and so forth, where they are going to populate the world with the glory of God in the image of man, you know? And this is a, a, a man and woman task. And it's just like quite an interesting path back to, through that imaging process, back to, Back to uh, what what God has done. Yeah, I'm just thinking that uh, that does connect uh, quite well with what we spoke about in the previous 
um, chapter on what it actually means to be an image bearer, yeah. which is which is that the image is actually to do with the relationship, the covenant between. Yeah, us yeah, and I know. So, so the the whole idea of being an image bearer is connected to God through that kind of idea of covenant. So I then so. you get, you get, um, yeah. So then you see a kind of parallel. That's interesting. Interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's not the the, the thing I would lean on, you know, but it's just kind of no, it's no, there no, anyway. It's, it's you know? good, and uh, yeah, because there is a there is a kind of the image going through, you know, or representing what what God is doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as it's the same thing with, um, and Klein goes on about this, and this is probably getting a little bit too deep for just kind of intro stuff, but but basically, um, you know, you've got this idea of God there in his luminescent glory, um, you know, in mm. so doing, in being there in the in the glory spirit, he's, he's you know, he, he's foreshadowing or offering a down payment of the very glory that will be imaged by man as he gets, mm-hmm. you know, as he passes this probationary period uh, does what he is called to do, uh, crushes the serpent, um, stands for God in righteousness, and um, this expels from the temple this 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 thing that's profane, and and uh, and in so doing, then begins this dominion mandate, and so builds the temple, expands over all of creation, and enters into glory, mm-hmm. and um, and of, you know when you say it like that, you realize, okay, wait a minute, that's. You know that is doing exactly what Christ does. You know, <laughs> that's so. Whatever mm-hmm. it puts the fall into a, a, a sort of this major two Adam perspective, in that now you see that everything Jesus did is what Adam failed to do, which is what sin is. You know, and um, and you get that whole idea coming wow. through loud and clear via com- uh, covenant as well. Um, you know, the only it only makes sense. Jesus' ministry only makes sense in light of the Mosaic covenant and what was presented there in terms of him doing what they failed to do. And and there's another way to read it back in, because if Israel is replicating Adam, it's a republished covenant there, which I think there's plenty of evidence to, to prove. Uh, then you're seeing again, like the whole thing with, then that's why Hosea says, like Adam, they've transgressed the covenant. And then, and then that's what Jesus yeah. does is he's, you know, he's the guy who's not going to transgress the covenant. And um, and you see it all mm. from that, from that positive perspective. So yeah, all those sorts of angles you could take, but it takes you down the road, and we get past the. But I think the big thing is to just go this. Uh, you know, it's not just Klein. It's not Reformed theology, as Horton points out. You've got this continuity with Irenaeus, the Cappadocians. Mm. Um, this is just you know that two Adam idea where you know have a probation. Uh, Adam fails. Jesus passes it. What could, what yeah. was on offer was the kingdom, eschatological glory, consummation, Sabbath rest. Adam didn't attain that, um, and Jesus does, and that's why we're going to heaven. That's the yeah. whole deal. One time, yeah. So, so in a nutshell, you're saying that let's say let's say I spoke to somebody who's never heard of any of this before. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. like never heard of the covenant of creation, never heard of you know republication, never heard of even the two atoms, right? And they're looking at Genesis with you. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and they're thinking, I can, you know, maybe I can just about see the idea of covenant here, mm-hmm. but I, I don't understand where the idea of probation comes from. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that basically the best way to answer that, the best way to say, if you want to see where the idea of, because it comes up quite, quite early on, just to give everyone some context. Ad, uh, Horton says, if Adam had been faithful in his covenant trial, he would have entered the Sabbath consummation then and there. 
mm-hmm. leading us and the whole creation in his train. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, the slight nuance there, I mean, like, as in, you know, you don't want to get too speculative in terms of, you know, exactly how it would have played out and, you know, be bound by these these rules. But, you know, Klein, for example, talks about the covenant of conferment first and, you know, the, the whole idea that, um, really, if you think about the parallel with Christ, right, Christ has right. successfully accomplished the probationary period, right? So it's not like Christ is on probation at the moment. And yet the dominion mandate, so to speak, now we're thinking of the Great Commission, not the actual, you know, having children thing, but filling the earth with the glory of not the image of the man of dust, but the image of the man of heaven, not via procreation, mm-hmm. but proclamation of the gospel, not by a f- mm-hmm. physical birth, but by a new birth. You know, this is the the true reality of the dominion mandate now being accomplished by Christ. Um, he is so building the dominion mandate yeah. is being accomplished through the Great Commission. Absolutely. I, well, you know, it's true fulfillment anyway. I mean, I think you do have yeah. the refracted form of the dominion mandate in the Noahic covenant as well. But that's like it's taken on a changed form. It's it's for the purposes of preservation rather so than the no the the covenant with Noah kind of continues. Um, it, well, it does but, continue. But it does continue. Like if you talk about a the, the different, you just have to qualify everything you talk about because of the reality of the fall, you know. So basically, everything that happened yeah. with Adam continues on through Noah in a preserved sense. It doesn't have, as Klein puts mm-hmm. it, a Sabbath promise attached to it. You know, it's not it's not that your cultural yeah. labors or your baby behaving right, is going to yeah. get heaven like like Adam would have as a result. Mm-hmm. You know, entered into glory. Uh, that's not on on on. Um, it's the, the covenant works is not an option for us in that sense, um, but it has the benefit, the ameliorative effect of of preservation and providing a humanity from which the savior could come. Uh, you know, and now preserving a humanity in which mission can take place and temple building in the in the gospel mission can take place. Um, but you know, when we talk about the thing that Adam should have done under the under the um, covenant of works, right? There we're thinking about mm-hmm. the direct parallel to the covenant of works is the covenant that, that Christ is under, which is not the Noahic covenant, of course, or not the covenant of grace even, but the covenant of redemption. You know, God the Father gave to Christ the work that he needed to do, and if he was successful, he would then enter into rest. And um, and he would bring the train with, uh, of his, you know, we, we would follow in his train, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, there's the workspace covenants, you know, parallel one another. And, um, and that's why I say, you know, at that parallel level, that direct sense of continuity, the thing that, that Adam failed to do through his childbearing is now achieved through yeah. Christ and the Great Commission as, I mean, how are, how are children born into the kingdom? It's obviously not by procreation, uh, but it's through the bride helper still, Christ and his bride helper, uh, the church. Uh, so again, you know, you got the, the total parallels. Hyphenating. What's that? Good hyphenating. Good Kalanian hyphenating. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Uh, you know, I, I try. Um, but, hmm. you know, there it is. The bride helper is is still there, you know. And um, and so in that sense, it fulfills it completely. Um, and so, you know, I, I think just with, with the whole thing, though, when, you know, you're talking about Horton's idea here, um, I'd have to read it over again and see what he actually said. But, but like, you know, so the idea would be that, that Adam is off of probation immediately after he would, let's say, you know, he would have repelled the serpent and didn't fail. It's not that he would have 
gone into this eschatological state at that point. You know, uh, rather he would have begun the work of the Great Commission. You know, reading it back in, uh, he would have begun the work of of um, temple building, of filling the earth with the, of procreation, filling the earth with the glory of the image of man, uh, God in man. And uh, and then once, uh, as as Klein puts it, once you have this megapolis, this this the city, mm-hmm. this great city, great city uh, <laughs> in place, then the flash of epiphonic light. <laughs> oh, epiphonic. Oh, I mean, you gotta love that supersonic. Uh, you know, well, basically, what he's talking about there is the the, the second coming, the yep. parousium. Yeah, the, a moment where God does it. You know, it's not like our labors would ever have brought about heaven, but but uh, at the moment when the dominion mandate is completely fulfilled, then God transforms megapolis into metapolis. Those are your kids. Mm. Yeah, man, those are my kids. It's holidays. It's holidays. Talk, talk about journey. Dominion Mandate. Yeah. You I've, got little I'm, babies everywhere. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You got I'm, the wrong mandate no, going. Yeah, well, it's true. It's true. But I mean, hey, we, if we you have suck at one, you, th- you might as well focus on the other. We, uh, we have you to thank for, for the preservation of the world. <laughs> <laughs> we have a humanity in which to work. <laughs> I only have four kids, God. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. I fell. I fell short of the Christian standard, which was five, for yeah, a long that's time. True. Well, yeah, and a lot of it is funny because is people after are... all that talk about after all that talk about overpopulation, mm-hmm. everyone's now like, "Hey, we need to start having babies again." Yeah, because our population's dying. Well, there we go. Noahic covenant. The whole. That's the thing. It's like you still you got have time, to... Mike. You still got time. Yeah, hey, let's time. You get time. And glory. You get more. <laughs> okay so right. um so there's this covenant in creation mm-hmm. uh and this covenant creation is a kind of probationary thing that adam fails yeah which is what christ comes to do mm-hmm. and that provides the context of what we call the fall it wasn't so much just a, a slip up it was a breaking of a covenant it was a transgression absolutely it was an abandonment of the temple building project. It was a turning away from uh, the, the, the point of the temple itself, which is, you know, to do the will of God. I think the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is important there as well. You know, mm-hmm. a man assuming to himself the role of the suzerain rather than the vassal. It's all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, he, uh, the thing that only God was um, supposed to do, you know, he tried to usurp God. Really, I think that's the best way to talk about it. It was an yeah. idolatry. He tried to usurp God's throne. That's what he tried to do. Yeah, it was yeah, a, to it be was like a, God. It was an yeah. attempted coup. Yeah, yeah was, exactly. Um, the, the I think it's interesting as well that to veer from this perspective not only gives us perspective about about the fall, but I, I mean Horton made a couple of great little um, I don't know what you call them, sort of apologetic points or just worldview points, just right? Like, Census, you know, divinitatis, <clears throat> and all that. It's all in there. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's, why do we act the way we do? Yeah. Come. You know, why are we even goal orientated? Oriented. Yeah. Exactly. Not the orientated. Whole thing. Uh, yeah. Totally. I think, I think either, either one. Um, so one of the things he says, yeah, uh, you know, it is this original covenant that explains why all human beings retain, even after the fall, some sense of God and their relation to Him as judge along with a lively sense of obligation to their neighbors. Yeah, because it's the law. You know, it's the law. It's the Mosaic covenant 
you know, that's giving us insight into what what that original covenant consisted of. There, there is, um, you know, even just um, the fact that that we have some sense of morality. Are you talking to me? Or are you talking to your kids? What's going on over there? Yeah, I just shouted at them. Tell them to be quiet. Okay, that's good. Tell them Uncle Mike says be quiet as well. Okay, yeah. Uncle Mike says be quiet too. Trying to do a podcast over here. Amateur <laughs> <laughs> hour. Not from my side. Can't get there. It's probably my side, bro. <laughs> um, well, so all right. Listen, basically, you know that's such a good point because it counts for every single religion in the world. Yeah. It counts for all morality. It counts for common grace. I mean, the stuff that you're thinking about, the, even the reason that we want to do stuff, you know, mm. we want to go to outer space and, and, you know, and it accounts for the futility of the curse and how we all feel frustrated and how death makes everything stupid, you know, because now yeah. we're just basically wasting time. And, you know, it's totally. like, and, and nothing we could, we can't, even if we find a way to get to Pluto, we can never enjoy it because we'll die, <laughs> you know, and it's just <laughs> on the way there. Yeah. And I always, I always feel for the, the poor um, astronauts and stuff. I mean, they, they, those guys feel mm. it, right? Because there they are yeah. looking at this like sky the whole time, you know, and, and just yeah. seeing the expansiveness of it, and, you know, thinking about things they'll never in a million, they're just feeling the, the leash of their own lifetime, you know, in, in, in profound ways. And, but, you know, of course, it happens scholarly endeavors and, you know, anyone who tries anything serious will never actually succeed because death. And as the author mm. um, of Ecclesiastes says, you know, it's just ultimately who cares because I have to give it to someone else anyway. Yeah, well, and, so, you know, what's, what's the point it got to do with me? Yeah. So why even try? <laughs> you know, it's all vanity. And but um, we still do try because we're built that way. Like, t- totally. Yeah, exactly. And, and even... Um, you know, try and, you know, what you were saying earlier, there, just with the, the usurping thing, you know, we still try and create our own covenant of works. This is the whole Babel thing. Mm. We build our own tower. Mm. We want our own garden of Eden. We want our own way to get there, to be God. Uh, we're still trying to do it. You know, that, that whole thing is the Antichrist spirit right there that we are always moving towards. That's yeah. what atheism is. That's what atheism is, for sure. Exactly. You know, um, a rejection of the creator. Yeah, I laugh because did you hear about that article um, of the new uh, satanic church that's just started in in um, South Africa? Well, like lame Satanism like, or real Satanism? <clears throat> well, the way they described it was, I mean, it's not like you know, like sacrifice cats like it used to be. No, well, I'm thinking like you know? real Satanism, like they're 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 aware that you know it's the law of the lamer and all that. You know, basically there is no real Satan. We're all just trying to yeah. do what we want and usurp our thrones, and you know. So they literally are but, but on point, yeah. But that, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, I laughed because it was so funny. They're like, "Oh, we don't, we don't believe in any of that uh, yeah. actual devils." It's stuff. just, it's just atheists. We yeah. just, we just want to be the gods of our own lives. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I know, and Satan that's, is that's the symbol, much like the original dude, <laughs> exactly. And they even got Satan as the symbol for like the very yeah. thing. It's almost like they've painted, they've they've created their whole deal from the Bible. You know, and it's so if not done to Satan. <laughs> I mean, you can't help but see that. I mean, the poor dude, they're just trapped in it. My goodness. It's but they're like totally honest though, you know, which is so good. Yeah, one so time. Cool. I mean, yeah. I, I, I could. I, uh, it's oh, it's just crazy, man. But yeah, so you, you get you get all that, man. It just makes I love. This is what I love about the stuff because it just makes sense of stuff. Oh yeah, you know, I love it when it just makes sense of stuff. Totally. Because you totally. just is like because that feeling of frustration and why why do I want to do stuff and yet think it's pointless at the same time and always fail at the stuff that I'm trying to do like mm. you know mm. 
No, totally. that's good. That's and good. it just gives such, um, you know, to the end of Ecclesiastes, where this is, the, this is the end of man. Fear God and obey his commandments. Wow. Mm. You know, so in other words, go back to the covenant of, of works, really. You know, just think about that. And, uh, and then, you know, it sort of catapults you into the problem. You're back in Adam then. Here you are. Oh, I can't actually do the commandments. I, you know, now what? You know, now the only hope is the hope that the Bible gives you. And that is that one can do it for you. One would mm. come, the seed of the woman who would do it for you. And the one who gives you life beyond the sun, so to speak. Not You know, you see that a lot. Actually, if you think about Proverbs as well, it does a similar thing in the way it ends, doesn't it? Because it ends with that picture of, you know, the woman, the perfect, the perfect yes. woman who can yes. find, you know, and so there's this kind of like, oh, all you have to do to live this perfect life is, yeah. and it's you're a, like, but who can do that? Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All and you that's, need is this perfect woman. And people, you know, and this is the great thing because, you know, when people talk about sin, they're like, well, what is that exactly? Well, it's just do the stuff that you feel is a good thing. I often talk to, to um, you know, and this is the covenant of works we're talking about, the moral law written on the heart. Uh, the other mm. day I was talking to someone and, and they were like debating the existence of God and morality. I'm like, okay, well, let's, uh, just forget it all. I'm having coffee mm. with a guy. Like, just you tell me. You tell me what you think is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And um, just let's let's try and lay it out, you know. And, and Horton mentions here yeah, you got Confucius and you got, you know, all these, uh, you know, the the Code of Hammurabi and you know all these things that have like very come very yeah. close to the Ten Commandments. But it's so funny when you ask people that question because because you know, and I would have been the same, you know, like because you know you know what you're not going to tell if you've got a little kid. You don't want your kid to go out and kill people and rape and murder and everything. You know what you'd want them to do with their lives and you know be kind, be helpful, that sort of thing, just general way. So if you ask someone, hey, you give me what you think is a good thing to do, you know, and, it, you know, just that will bring you to the good place after you die, you know, uh, it's the end, it's the end, who knows, if it's reinca- reincarnation, whatever, just w- what gets you to the good place, what gets you um, even feeling that you have lived a good life, even if you just leave out the, the, the question of theism for a moment. And, um, and, you know, typically they put on the table this like decalogue. <laughs> Mm. you know mm. and um and then you go okay we'll just do that yeah and then you know and like you'll be golden you'll be golden just go out and do that and then you know it's like jesus's approach to evangelism you know just go good teacher what must i yeah. do to yeah. inherit eternal yeah. life oh you know the covenant yeah. of works just you go, tell me yeah exactly do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Joel, that reminds me do you know the other thing that's made total sense about was you know um uh romans 2 when it talks about Jew and Gentile alike under yeah. the law. Yeah. And you're thinking. It doesn't make sense otherwise. But, but how does that make sense? Yeah. And you're like, well, it makes sense if, you know, our being made in the image of God is being made, right. you know, as under the, the law of creation, yeah. that, you know, that natural That's law. such a big point because, you know, and, and beyond that, it's like, who cares if Jesus obeyed the, the Mosaic law? to save Jews, how is that a, a solution for Gentiles, right? You just think Jesus came as one born under the law. We all know this from the New Testament. Uh, Jesus is keeping the law. He does it for, for those under the Mosaic law. And you, you are as a Gentile, and you're thinking like, okay, that's, that's good for Jews. You know, now the Jewish people under the Mosaic law have a substitute. But how does that help? And this is how it helps. If the Mosaic law... Is just a republication of this covenant in the beginning that not just, you know, the Israelites, but all men have failed under. 
Uh, all of a sudden, when you realize G- Jesus, by keeping the Mosaic law, showed us that he was keeping the thing that the Mosaic law actually simply republished. Yeah. Um, then you realize, oh my goodness, that's why it matters that he kept the Mosaic law, not just for Jews, but for Gentiles. And uh, yeah, that's why it's side. not just that yeah. they are, you know, as you say, you're, you're approaching it from the condemna- from our condemnation side, you know, as in why are we condemned by this law? Well, that's why, because there's an overlap there in terms of the moral law. But in terms of the salvation, you know, it's the same question. And uh, wh- why yeah. is Jesus' law keeping same important thing. for us? Same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, and you get the same thing as well. In in Galatians, is it Galatians four something around there where he he talks about to the Galatians? He says, "Don't go back to the law of, of works." Basically, don't right. go back to natural religion. Right. Um, and yeah, so he's equating exactly. at that point the law of Moses with first principles with, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. The, exactly. The yeah, elementary yeah. principles of the yeah. world is is equating uh, the law of Moses with uh, with pagan religions. Totally. In the sense that. Not that they're the equal in terms of you know one was from God and the other wasn't, but the yeah. but in terms of the principle of works and the moral law, um, you know, even and the moral law, yeah. So the internal witness, the you know the not only the sense of the divine, but the knowledge of what is wrong and right, the conscience, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, and even the goal orientation, <laughs> it's just amazing. It explains everything. So. Um, and he does a great job. So if anyone wants a more systematic sort of overview of that, uh, you know, Horton really does a good job. I would say this is like my favorite chapter in the whole book. I might change my mind as we go through it, but I think this is pretty darn profound, the way he weaves it all together. And um, it's just that it's a lot of material that he covers and brings into one chapter and glues it together mm-hmm. in a way that actually brings the traditional doctrine of original sin, you know, to, you know, just deepens it out and, and puts it in into the... The, the kind of fruit. Oh, my goodness. I think I just saw a kid in the back of your screen there. Dude, this is carnage. Can you just let people know what your email address is? <laughs> <laughs> Do it, please. Let them know. Let them know uh, so that I don't have to get the hate mail and all the anger mail for you being such a, such a I don't know, like an amateur guy. Yeah. Oh. All right. Uh, one more, one more thing. I'm happy for you to field it. Yeah. I don't want to field it, bro. I want to get the good mail. You, have to. you get the bad mail. Um, all right. So stay uh, of execution is the one I just want to finish off with here, which is really the the, the movement there into common grace and um, and really, you know, setting the playing field for what we'll talk about as we move into the gospel, right? The stay of execution is important, I think, because basically you realize when when Adam fails on this, you know, it should have been the end of the world. You know, and, and the execution is what is in view there at Genesis 3, where, where the Lord comes and approaches in the garden and the call Adonai and the voice of the Lord and, the, you know, all of those things. He wasn't just walking in the cool of the day. There was a stirring of the, the Ruach and the, a presentation of the, the, the final reality. Everything we think about at the end of the world was happening there in the, in the Garden of Eden. And that should have been it. That was That's why they were hiding. That They were unable to screen themselves from the... From the righteous fury of God, they had no covering. They had no uh, covenantal mediatorship. Just nothing. Um, and and yet God stays the execution, which puts everything into context. It puts like our life right now into context. You know, it puts um, you know the question of well, why does bad things happen to good people? 
in context. It, yeah. It's because we're at this, like God has is, is stayed the execution, but he's put a curse on creation to remind us of this thing that's going to happen. He's mercifully, Judgment day is coming. He's yeah. mercifully sustained us and, um, and allowed us time. And there is grace in that because we don't deserve it. But at the end of the day, um, the, the curse is there to keep it before us. Death is constantly before us. The execution is before us. And, um, and then, you know, that gives every, every um, highlight imaginable to Genesis 3.15, which is the only hope, you know, which obviously rolls out into the whole promise of Christ and the whole thing expanded through the story of the Old Testament. So very, yeah, very important. Son. Yeah. One son. Yeah. Really sets up, in a sense, not only the, the understanding as a problem, but the understanding of what life is, is the, the kind of explanation of our experience now, but also what we need, mm. you know, like mm. pointing forward, mm. like how do we fix it? Understanding that it's a, it's a covenant problem, mm. you know, means that we're starting to, like you say, point, point towards something that we really, it points toward the work of Christ and what it needs to be mm. in order to repair, yeah. uh, repair what went, what went wrong. Yeah. So Christology is in view already and uh, not to mention the gospel and redemption and justification. It's just everything. It is like the most important thing. Uh, let me recommend while we're talking, just to, you know, if anyone does mm. want to look at Klein as well, usually they get totally freaked out by, you know, he is a difficult guy to read. And But there's this one article that he wrote that really wasn't that difficult and it's quite short. And you, if you just Google, um, because I am putting it on the show notes. I don't do that. Uh, so just Google, because you've got fingers, right? Just And you're on your computer now anyway, so just Google it or on your phone or whatever. But Covenant Theology Under Attack, Meredith Klein. Just do that, and it'll pop up first hit. And um, and then, you know, go read that. Just it'll take you, like, not that long. And it's so good. It's all everything almost, you know, that we've been saying right now, just from a slightly more focused on, on these issues of justification, etc. So, uh, you know, have a look at that. And Lee Irons did a great um, uh, talk with us a while back or just uh, worked with us on, on this topic. So you should see that mm. in the archives. Just go and uh, have a look at that if you want some more um, expansion on these ideas. All right. Well, this is good. I think we'll put this in. Uh, we'll put this in the playlist eventually. Um, it's just unfortunate that we've got so many distractions and Andrew was so, so amateur the entire time. Now they're going to see it again and again and again. Now, like, our really good one is always going to be, like, marred with, with all of this stuff. The chair was creaking, like, rubbing your My nose. My chair always creaks. Kids are running all over the place. It's just like, dude, I'm trying to do a podcast over here. <laughs> Help a brother out. Yeah, well, look, Mike, if you want to send me the cash to build my studio out in the back, I'll do it, man. I'll do it. Right. That's loser talk right there. <laughs> that's what, that's that's what people without studios would say about yeah, studios. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the frustration of the fall talking. Totally. Um, all right, cool. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's drop it at that. 